What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love and talk about the movies and television shows that accompany those universes. I am your co-host, Ben Rayside, and this week on the Marvel Movie Marathon, we will be talking about a little film, no pun intended there, called Ant-Man and the Wasp. Two months after the harrowing events of Avengers Infinity War, we are now greeted to the exact opposite of what Infinity War is in a very smaller scale, also no pun intended, film, Mm. focusing on a character Mm. that was largely absent from a big Avengers team-up, and that's Ant-Man, that's Wasp, that's Dr. Hank Pym, and what they've been up to during this two-year period between Civil War and Infinity War. And I gotta tell you, During that time, I think it was kind of what we all needed to get out of the depression that (laughs) Infinity War put us in. It was was nice to have Mm. a little smaller scale film. And we're going to definitely talk about that along with the gentlemen who sit here beside me. First and foremost, Mr. Ethan Wenslop. Ethan, how are you doing today? I am doing great, guys. We watched (laughs) Ant-Man and the Wasp. Guys, we are 51 movies into our Marvel movie marathon, and I'm happy to say that finally we have our debut of Jimmy Woo, my favorite youth pastor around. Let's go. It took us 51 <laughs> movies to get a youth pastor. Dude. Let's go. And I love the continuity behind it. Bro doesn't swear throughout the movie. Good, yeah, he good does. character stuff. No, he doesn't. Okay. Not Jimmy Woo. Anyway, You're I wrong. love how John Krasinski did a, did a little cameo in there. It was great. <laughs> Also joining us, Mr. Micah. What up? You, 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 was, you know, like from the beloved commercial from, from, from the... You want to know something crazy, actually? <laughs> I hated the joke so much. You want to know something crazy? What's up? Legit. I'm not kidding you. My family van that I grew up yeah. driving... You guys up, would do that? No. The license, the license plate was... What's up? It was no such joke. a cultural <laughs> phenomenon that I didn't live through. Like, that's so crazy to me that like, well, when, it was just was out that? of my reach. That was earlier. That was before our time, no? Was a was commercial from that beloved commercial 16 Luis. years ago, 2000. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Budweiser campaign from 99 to 2002. So, literally, just, just beyond before. me because the Super yes. Bowl was before my birthday. I literally was not in this. Micah, how are you doing today? How am I doing? I'm feeling like I'm getting a little dusted today, bro. Oh, you even crop dusted me before he sat down. That's what I'm talking about. I'm so sorry, my God. <laughs> I tried to hold it in. It just happened, okay? Whoa. Sorry, I'm just. Well, fresh and now off. I feel like I'm stuck in the quantum realm. All I right. I just want to welcome all our new fans watching for the first time because uh, me and Mike are kind of famous on the. <laughs> You guys didn't catch last week's episode. Uh, It was a news segment. Check that out. Uh, If you watch the Marvels, if you watch Loki, if you want just like a general rundown of all the new stuff that was announced since the uh, actor strike was um, completed, I guess. Uh, Check that one out. It was a good episode. If you want a good, entertaining time, go over to our Instagram page and go to our Captain Marvel short. And don't even listen to what me and Mike have to say. Just read the comments. Very fun time. Very oh, yeah. fun party going on in there. It's a good... St- I mean, I would call that comment section respectful. And just... <laughs> would you? It, it was a good time... <laughs> I like reading them. ...between yeah. the the creators giving their opinion on the internet about mm-hmm. uh, what they thought of the film and just really engaging with those uh, who were online. So, you know what? No. Well, How dare stuff. you be indicative of what I am supposed to think? <laughs> We're not here to talk about it's kind of blue in Captain Marvel or, or the Marvels, I should say. We're here to talk about Ant Man and the Wasp. Yes. And that's what we're going to do. So, gentlemen, let's open our sling rings and head over to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Where is Scott Lang? I've been trying to tell you he's in a tricky spot, emotionally speaking. Emotionally speaking. Well, where is Scott Lang? Literally speaking! Oh! The woods. Two years after his adventures with Captain America, Scott Lang struggles to balance his life as a superhero with his responsibilities as a father. When Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Hank Pym approach him with an urgent mission, he must once again put on the Ant-Man suit and fight alongside the Wasp to uncover secrets from their past. As they delve deeper into the quantum realm, they face a powerful new enemy who threatens to unravel the very fabric of the universe. That 
These are plot synopsis for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Thank you, Bard. Sequel. Thank you, Bard. Second movie in the Ant-Man franchise. It still baffles me that Ant-Man got a trilogy before many other characters in the MCU, but he has been a linchpin of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. And this movie really cements his plot forward and his place in Mm -hmm. the MCU for sure. So let's talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Let's talk about this, guys. It's summer 2018. You're fresh off Endgame. Ethan, what's your relationship with this movie? Yeah, like you said, fresh off Endgame. You had to go see this. You had to see what was next for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I remember going there, having a super fun time with Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I still, to this day, have a pretty good time when I watch this movie. I I really like a lot of elements. We're going to dive into it. But this is kind of the start of what we see uh, especially with Marvel today, Infinity War was our big team up movie that cemented like what the MCU can be when it's the best of the best. And then you have this story where it's very much not an Infinity War level threat. It's just Ant-Man and the Wasp doing Ant-Man and the Wasp shenanigans. And I remember at the time that being very heavily criticized, like how am I supposed to care about this story now when there is an Infinity Saga, Infinity Gauntlet, there's Thanos mucking around i think that that is very much like uh something that i enjoy about this movie i like the shift in narrative and the the smaller stakes that this movie have it's basically the plot of this movie is hank pym has a lab that is on wheels and they're just trying to get it like it's so so simple at its core and yeah you have uh janet van dyne being rescued in the middle of there and some family dynamic but it's really just a playground for ant-man and these characters to just have fun and they really do explore like a lot of the the pim particle and the the shrinking tech a lot more in this movie like i love the the cars that shrink and i th- i think this movie does does a good good job at the lore i like the characters i think are fun the stakes i think are right where they need to be and i think it, it it's quick it's tight it's just a you know it's a harmless movie and i had a good time with it michael what do you think though of ant-man and the wasp let me tell you a story. It was 2018. I didn't watch Good this movie. Story. <laughs> Good story. Good story. I like that I didn't story. watch this movie in 2018. Um, I watched it when it went on Netflix before Endgame came out. So that's that's just the perspective. I was I was at Lake Ann Camp, summer camp, uh, during that week. And then uh, looking through my Google Photos, I got a nice picture of me and Ethan from that next week. Check that out. Oh, <laughs> Look at these youngsters. Whoa, holy wow. catfish. Look at these guys. You got to blow that up. Send that yeah. to Ethan, all right? This, this is us uh, <laughs> July 15th. So that's that very next week. <laughs> but that's about all I got. Um, I like uh, I like uh, just jumping into where I was at the time. And uh, at the time, I was not very into Marvel. I wasn't into every single movie. Uh, but when I did watch this movie for the first time, I remember it being pretty forgettable. I remember the only thing I remember was the post credit scene because it was it it just like hit you like a truck. You're like, what a nice fun movie. Can't wait for the post credit scene. And then bam, you remember of the sadness that was Infinity War and how like you're put back in the reality that uh, Infinity War left you in. And that was cool. Uh, fast forward to now, a lot of it still stands. I, I, I kind of like this movie. I, I don't think it does anything like super spectacular, but it does what it needs to do. It's a pretty harmless movie. I feel like there's a genre that there, there was definitely a target they were going for with these in between Infinity War and Endgame movies where they're like, OK, are these are heavy hitters or can we just throw these out and people will watch them because they're waiting for anything in between Infinity War and Endgame. Like they're looking for any sort of answer and for what it needs to do does a pretty good job you know it introduces us to ant-man if you didn't watch the first one uh so you'll be all set for endgame by the time you get there and uh, i mean that's at least what it did for me wait did i watch this i think i watched this after endgame i totally watched this after endgame hmm. i forget micah's timeline is my very... timeline is i'm I'm time jumping, like time slipping lo- right now. Like Loki season two, it's yeah. just all over the place. It was either close to Endgame before or after. I forgot exactly where. I think I had the post credits spoiled for me, and that's why I didn't watch it. And I was like, oh, okay, so he's just going to be an Endgame. Cool. Sounds like we got an unreliable narrator right Yeah, here. Guys, sorry, guys. Uh, I'm like the Joker right now. Sorry to remind you guys but of this someone movie, who's but... always a reliable narrator, Ben. 
to me, this movie is the Sucks. epitome of middle of the road. Oh, yeah. I, I just, it does not do anything egregiously bad, but it really just hammers home, especially, and this is from a guy who watched this in 2023, removed from the in-between of Infinity War and Endgame. This is just, in my opinion, another Marvel movie, and mm-hmm. it almost does nothing spectacularly i'm glad they don't put anything like this out anymore but that's yeah i'm not it's just to me there are good elements to this movie and it never reaches any sort of level of investment it never gives me any really reason to care there's elements where you can kind of pull from and i will point to those elements later but it never drives home anything too hard and I, is it trying to you can make a case for that it's really not and this is just about the world building that is the quantum realm setting the stage for endgame which there certainly is a place for that but in 2023 man after five years removed more than that uh, i think it just is very middle of the road and the biggest compliment i can give this movie is the humor though mm. i think the jokes are really 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 good again coming over from the first ant-man film paul rudd was born to be in these more comedic films and that's where these mcu movies shine that's why i also really like quantum mania i know that there's the more and more as time goes on the more and more hate i see for that movie but i am not gonna budge i still stand by my first reaction of that movie i really like quantum mania and a lot of it's due to paul rudd and he carries this movie as well so i think this movie has a lot of problems but paul rudd's not one of them and i think the humor really works yeah i don't know about you guys on the humor though i take paul rudd is good is that what you're saying wow no way it's just it's it's there's no surprises there or in this movie either but humor always works if it's done well and I think it's done really, really well in this movie. Like, for example, the at the very end, and he's talking to Jimmy Woo, and I'll be there. Uh, you'll be, you'll be taking me where, you know? Oh, are you are you inviting me somewhere? Like the, the back and forth, like super awkward. Did you want to grab it? Did you want to grab something? Improv scene, I'm, I'm by the free, way. Uh, Come on. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really, really. That's good. where so your good. improv slips in, Micah. Yeah. Where it or can be really, out, really, really good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Does the humor work for you guys? I think as much that as it does. I like the direction that they took Ant-Man's character. Uh, so you go into this movie expecting it to be Ant-Man and the Wasp, focused on Paul Rudd and um, whatever her name is, Hope Van Dyne, right? Is that the no? Yes, yes, that's the, her. that's Wasp. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So you're focused on Ant-Man and the Wasp, whatever her name is. But really, <laughs> you're focused on you're focused on Ant-Man as Hank Pym. And the Wasp that is Hope Van Dyne. I feel that this movie works best if you approach it as this is Hope and Hank trying to rescue their mom, their, the the wife or the mom or whatever. And Scott Lang's just along for the ride, dude. <laughs> yes. I love how yes. how he's just like Hope and Hank are having their own movie over here, and Scott is just there like. His phone rings in the middle of a hostage scene, and he's like, "Oh, could you get that for me?" Oh, hi. How's it going? Hi, pumpkin. Yes. Oh, kid. Oh, your, your shoes? Oh, I think they're upstairs. I love that. I love that about this movie. But it doesn't like, it doesn't take away from it. It adds to it. It adds so much like uniqueness to this movie. Where, yeah, it doesn't take itself seriously in those scenes, but like it also does in, like. Where it needs to be. Like, he's his own character that does his own thing while the serious characters do their own thing. It's not like a serious character does a funny thing. The serious characters help the funny character to do his thing. There is a symbiosis yeah. between those a, two plots. A what? Yeah. A, a symbiosis? You mean like next week? Yeah, I, oh, I love... Spoiler alert. I love Scott Lang in this movie. I love how yeah. he gets everyone to like... What? <laughs> Every single character has their Scott Lang what moment. There is a scene with him and he really like goes all out in this movie. And it's when Holt Van Dyne is in his body. And that whole sequence, so which it, I mean, it's, so it's fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I, I, can't, I couldn't believe how much I was laughing. But then also oh, peanut, kind of peanut. being in awe 
of what was happening there because of the serious of how what moment it was. Oh man, she's been gone for thirty years. How seriously can I take this though? Because it's Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd delivering it. I love. I love that the jokes are so unique in this. Like, you're you're sitting there like, exactly what you said. Like, am I am I laughing? Am I like yes, she's back? Am I like, whoa, she's so smart? Am I laughing out loud? Like, I I don't know how to react. This is this is hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) No other MCU movie has had this. I guess you'd describe them as like WTF moments. In the, <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, yeah. Like what? <laughs> this <laughs> movie thought? to me out of, there's only been a few in the Marvel movie marathon that genuinely feel like a sequel. This one really does feel like a sequel from that sure. first. And not that Spider-Man two doesn't, and not that Iron Man two doesn't or uh Thor of the dark world doesn't, but this one very feel much feels like, all right, has that same tone, same energy as that first one. And it's mm. just, they take that to the second one. And I honestly like this one better than the first one. I don't know where, sure. where you guys sit because I think this one is a lot quicker. And as opposed to setting up Ant-Man, they can just jump right into the Ant-Man shenanigans. And this movie is also proof how important hair is for an actress because uh, <laughs> Evangeline Lilly, who Good I very point. much love from Lost. Yeah. I remember watching that first Ant-Man movie, didn't even recognize her from one of my favorite shows, Lost. And now, I don't know, it just she has a no, different haircut yep. in all three of these movies, and it very much feels like a different character to me. I don't know why that is. Wasp has never, unfortunately, been given enough mm-hmm. to where I can call her her own character, unfortunately. She's very much a side character in all of these, even though they want to make it out as, oh, this is Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is not, this is another Ant-Man film. Uh, And depending on how you view which Ant-Man this movie is for, it's just, she never gets enough time to shine. Yeah. And neither do, I think, almost any of the characters in this movie besides Ant-Man. She does have a very cool scene in the, uh, in like the kitchen and the fighting, trying to get the the technology back. I I love that, uh, like the slow-mo and the zoom up shots. I don't think that this movie does a good enough job as the first one did with the perspective. Uh, I remember just being odd the first time that he went ant-sized in the bathtub and like the the camera just changes entirely Mm -hmm. everything's all blurry but like the perspective you could see all the fuzz in the air all the dust yeah that was cool they kind of missed that in this movie and i don't know if it was because they wanted to put their budget elsewhere or they just didn't care as much but that's that's a a point off that I'd, i'd take but other than that, like I love the way that the direction that they take the fighting in this. The uniqueness that was the first They use the giantness yeah. in yeah. this one as well as the smallness. Minuscule and even the the like mini. They look like, out for the little guys. Yeah, kids right. size, they do some It's fun if that you watch the, the BTS, they do some Hobbit-esque trickery like that shot where Hope hands him the backpack. It's there's a small cut in there where Evangeline Lily's holding a regular size backpack and then Paul Rudd has like a backpack that's four times his size so it's really cool i like seeing stuff like that and then the staircase shot is a composite but i like i like the way they do all that practical suits right the helmets looked practical to me for sure yeah Yeah. it's still before the uh the whole practical or the all cgi Mm -hmm. suits i mean we got the nanotech suit in infinity war which we didn't really talk about but not really my favorite iron man suit i'm really glad that they have practical costumes still if these are practical i don't know it looked convincing it looks good yeah, yeah they, they look, look good, good enough lots of detail <clears throat> peyton reed i will say this as much you can say what you want about the ant-man film but i think peyton reed i like that he has been able to have his fingerprints all over each one of the ant-man films it makes it seem more cohesive uh same thing with um spider-man john watts john watts mm-hmm. yeah the best trilogies james gunn feel so cohesive because they have the same person behind the camera in each one of the films mm. and i mean you can obviously say what you want spider-man and guardians i would say are better trilogies but the the uniqueness that is each one of these ant-man films is a lot in due in part to peyton reed and i think yeah. he shines no ed you're right though really wish be cool to see the multiverse where we get an Edgar Wright Ant-Man. What would it have been? What would it have been? That would have been interesting. I I don't know. 
that's a good question. Edgar Wright wanted to do things. I think from what I remember, he wanted to do more his own thing. And Peyton Reed was the, he was the company man who was able to work alongside Marvel. Cause I mean, let's be honest, how much of this movie is a setup for the future? Whether it be Endgame, whether it be Quantumania. I feel like not as much as as some of the other movies. I feel like a lot of it is pretty self-contained or jumping off the first one. You really don't think about... I mean, at least for me, I didn't think about the other movies until the post-credit scene. And with the, the, the dusting. But how... The blip. What I'm saying is how necessary is the narrative of this film in general? Ghost and Lawrence Fishburne are almost nothing to me. Oh yeah, that's true. Why do why do villains they... have always been a problem in in Marvel? I mean, even with even up to now, the the forgettable villains has always plagued Marvel or misuse of popular names. Uh, like we've seen as early as Iron Man, like they was... just kill him off. Ghost, though, I believe she was. I believe she was rumored to be in Thunderbolts, no? She is mm. in Thunderbolts. She is in yes. Thunderbolts. Okay. okay. So that's where that's... I loved her character in this. Eventually. Go- I really? liked her her powers. I liked her conflict where she, she, you know, she just wanted to be cured and was irrational about it. She was like, I need to power my thing. I don't care if she can fix it. There's no time. I, I'm going yeah. to die. From- I've, been str- I've been in pain my whole life, and now... This is my chance, and this is the quickest chance, and I just want it to be done. Like, yeah, from a marketing standpoint, going into the film, it was oh, Ghost is the villain. But really, when you watch this movie, there isn't one definitive villain. It's I don't know who are the the, the goons, the squad of goons. I meant to look them. up the guy's name. I forgot. Yes, but I like I like that angle because they're just some dudes. Yes, they're not really important to the end of the movie. They just kind of push the plot along, and I I kind of like the way that. Because Marvel's often called formulaic, but they kind of avoid that with this because there isn't a defined villain. Mm. Yeah, Ghost and Lawrence Fishburne could be in that role, but really they're not. It's kind of just things are happening for a misunderstanding yeah. almost. Yeah. The, the Sonny Birch character, though, the the goons, I I almost I like I stopped myself and I was like, ooh, I really like the feel of this. You don't get this often in Marvel films especially in the MCU, this is a smaller scale. This is street level. Ant-Man could have been, could, can still be a street level hero in certain ways. And this is just a, a, a guy who is in charge of a, a, hero. a mob, a mob boss. If you like, I almost would have, lo- I, I would love are to you, see. Are you saying you want a friendly neighborhood Ant-Man? Ant-Man, Spider-Man <laughs> interacting with Daredevil. Daredevil. I, I like Knight. I just all in here. You can have Hawkeye, especially in the MCU. Anywhere you can have a very convincing, very compelling story that is street level without the stakes of the end of the world. And I liked that it almost kind of went in that direction. I miss those. I miss the like the whole world isn't going to explode if they don't win today. Movies, yeah. Like what? Whatever happened to those ones? I mean, sure, some wars could have been started. Sure, Sokovia blew up. But, you know, the whole world wasn't at stake, right? And there is a nice thing to have huge stakes. Mm-hmm. But then you get movies like this. and The hugest stake was you didn't have enough orange slices. <laughs> there you go. But I'm like, when it comes to the villains, though, when it comes to the villains, I... I really don't like the character. I'm going to push back, Micah. I really do not like the character of Ghost. I like her her uniqueness. I like the style of... I like... I love the visuals of her That's on cool. screen. Yes. And that really did a lot of heavy lifting for me. But the... Sure. Yeah. The dialogue. Whatever. But I, I just like the idea of this character and how she's portrayed. Yeah, but her whole issue with there's no time Mm. it's the same thing with the same problem i have in amazing spider-man 2 with harry osborne there's no time i need this now well hold on both times in this movie and in amazing spider-man 2 you state previously that you have weeks you do have time there is enough time and then you fall into that i need this now i need this now to advance the narrative and drive the plot but 
in reality, it's this just need to be there just needs to be more explanation here and more conversation between the characters. There is none of that because there's this, I guess, historical feud that these two characters have had in the past. All you need to do is sit there and say, Janet Van Dyne can help you, Ghost. And then, hmm. then that's it. But because of the but narrative... They didn't, they didn't know that yet, either. But they 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 theorized that. Yeah. Especially Lawrence Fishburne's character. They were like, okay, if you just let her come back, she's brilliant, she may be able to help you. And then she goes, no, wait, there's no time. Well, hold on. In the beginning of this movie, you said you had at least three weeks. So, yeah, there is time if you just let this play out. Plot convenience of but it, uh, her timeline ending during, like, the movie isn't that <laughs> that's kind of right uh, that's what it is <laughs> that's it's convenient sort of like a fallacy and that's yeah. where i'm always, that's where my honestly my biggest issue cinema sins that'd be like plus 10 <laughs> cinema i dude i haven't watched their channel in a while i used to watch them a ton but i yeah i i don't know what i do do? i like her more than i think you do ben and I don't know. The competition? I, I think it's a good no. He just he doesn't like her. <laughs> Whoa. I, I thought she was cool. I like what she brought to the movie, like how it isn't that black and white villain that we normally get. It's a little more vague than that. And how at the end it's just hoping she just touches her and she's all good. So okay. okay. Cool. Yeah, I don't think she has any powers like that in Quantumania. Or she can just be like Does fixed. Have powers in Quantumania? I don't remember. Honestly, uh, but you know what I do remember is that they recast Cassie after this. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about That's Cassie right. in this movie? Yeah, I, that is my favorite element. I of this loved movie. Cassie She's in this really, movie. really good. Yeah, yeah, I loved how how Disney feeling it felt at the beginning with there are a few shots where with the Scott a, little and actress Cassie. looks right into the camera too. If you pause it, She's yeah, a, yeah, she is. Oh. It's real fun. Very charming. I love the, the. It felt like a father daughter relationship. Right. I love their uh, their whole there. fort. Sequence in the yeah. beginning. Her last they're... name is Fortson. Oh, that's oh. cool. Oh, <laughs> and wow. uh, and Luis is just hanging out up there, and they're he's like, the ant needs to guide us in the way. <laughs> hello, <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> and Luis like moves the ant. Hilarious, dude. The, I, the, I love how yeah, yeah, yeah. how just awesome this his father figure is. He's yeah. like a. Yeah, I'm I'm stuck in in house arrest, but that's not gonna get it. That's not gonna stop me from having father daughter time with yeah. my daughter. <laughs> and you bring up Luis. I will say, <laughs> Quantumania, I do like it, but the absence, I of just him. I love oh, living yeah. the, in a Luis Ant Man film. I think it's because Paul Rudd didn't get to write Ant Man Quantumania, and that you was think, was he writing? Where are you pulling yes. that from? Paul Rudd. Did not get to write the third one, but he did write the first two. He, and I mean... He has a writing credit for this film? Yes, first check, and second one. Check that. Check Hold what? On. I thought I checked this that recently. Paul Rudd? Writers? I thought this movie had... This movie was written, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Chris McKenna, by Eric Summers, and Paul Rudd. No Way Home. Really? Yeah. That's... Right there, scroll yeah. That's really cool. Now you can scroll up all the way to the top on IMDb. It's right there. Yeah, that. yeah. I remember, because Paul Rudd... Huh. Um, had an interview and he was talking about how yeah he wasn't one of the writing credits. I forgot exactly what he said, but that just stuck in my brain. I was like, huh, I wonder what Quantumania would have been if Paul Rudd got to write Scott Lang a little bit differently. Because he has this, it's definitely a Paul Rudd written character. And if he didn't get to write him into the script the way he does in the first two, then I mean, that's bound to affect the audience takes, right? Yeah, but even then, I feel like his improvisational skills on set mm-hmm. and his comedic timing just at there may have been, either way. Yeah, he may have written scenes that are a bit looser. You know, whenever you write for yourself, you're you're considering that. So that's a good point. That's a good point. And yeah, I would say the comedy in this one. In my opinion, it's better than the first. Yeah, for sure. I would say. He re- they really lean into what worked in the first one, uh, thrown out of the second one. They don't... Uh, I don't feel like they go back to as many jokes as they did in the first one. Like the Baskin-Robbins bit, they do, I think, three times in the first movie. Um, and there's probably a couple other examples. This is the first one that comes to mind. There's no, like, multiple examples of the same joke 
in this movie for me. They do was up twice. <laughs> that was funny. A bit that I am glad that they carried over is Luis doing another monologue. Oh yeah, here, and that and they is, amplify it. I'm the truth yeah. serum this time. Yes. Yeah, that's it's not truth serum. <laughs> really, really good. I, the XCon stuff is super fun too. Yes. I like the. Yeah, it's fun the way they have those like uh, with the little cake with the cherry on it. It's yeah. like that symbolizes like the destruction of our business. And then at the end, uh, they have the same cakes, but it's a blue. It's a blueberry flavored instead. So it's like hmm. symbolic of the, the company, the company. I like the change. whole idea of the company existing at all because it shows character development off screen. X. Like we don't have times, to see yeah. everything and it gives us enough. Where we're like, OK, yeah. I can totally see that. I don't need all the details. It's still a, you know, it's a comedy. I don't care. It's awesome. I get to see this. And, and like, it's like an excuse to bring these characters back that we love from the first one in a way that doesn't make them. I mean, they're ex cons. <laughs> Jimmy Woo is a great uh, character addition. Yes. Here. He's a great get. And I love that he's popping up across the MCU, still waiting on his uh, eventual return. Love them as Jim Halpert, and I love him here. He's got to be coming, right? Yeah. It's something else. I mean, he he's was been in... in this. He's been in WandaVision. He has shown up in one other project, correct? Was it She-Hulk? I don't remember I that I think show. it was She-Hulk. <laughs> if he was in She-Hulk, it was very brief. I don't... I no, believe... Right? It was, it's only I been like he these, was. these cameo appearances. I only remember him in... uh, Randall Park. Randall Park, yeah. He was in WandaVision. He was in... Yeah, yeah. It was She-Hulk. Ant-Man the the Wasp, no She-Hulk. No. So it's only been those two? Just those two, yeah. Yeah. I don't see anything else. I think he he was in Paw Patrol. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. (laughs) You got to confuse She-Hulk and Paw Patrol. Similar shows. Very similar, probably. Yeah. A lot of CGI. Lego the Ninjago movie. He was there. Yeah. Who did he play in Lego Ninjago? I think it's a cameo. Real Chen, quick. the cheerleader. Oh. I haven't seen Lego the Lego, <laughs> whatever it's called. Oh. I was hoping he'd be like. Jay. I like his character a ton, and his. Yeah. He's got that perfect comedic timing with he's Paul Wright. Credited my, as Asian Jim Halpert in the office. <laughs> that's who he's playing. My uh, my favorite Jimmy Woo scene is him at the end when he pulls up to Ant Man. And it's just the suit, like it's a good like switcheroony, you know, a magic trick, he says. But from the context of him, like we we know it's a trick, and that's not actually Paul Rudd in the suit. But he doesn't know that. Paul Rudd is literally the biggest dude he's ever seen in his life. Jimmy Woo steps out of the car, he goes, it's over, Scott. We got you. <laughs> you can't do nothing. But he's, ma- he, but he's massive. Yeah. And from the con- like the huh. the context of Jimmy Woo is this is the biggest dude he's ever seen. He's like, oh yeah, we, we got, got you, you now, sucker. Like, <laughs> I love how just stomp on him. I love how he's the real world exposition for in such a great way when he's explaining the Sokovia Accords. He gives you this whole spiel, but you don't have to understand it. All you have to do is be like, oh, okay, yeah, stuff went down. Ant-Man's in trouble. That's why he's in house arrest. Mm-hmm. And Which, it's great. I don't know if this is a continuity error or not, but by the time this movie wraps up, he's out of house arrest. And then you see, I don't know how long it took them to throw a little quantum van together, but however long that post credit scene is, what mm. whatever the case is in Infinity War, the reasoning for him not being in that movie the context of the movie, Black Widow says that he's in house arrest. So then either he just still has been pretending he's in house arrest or they threw that van together in literally like a day. But no way, Ooh, no way he didn't look at the news and go. When was Age of Ultron? Yeah, right. When was Age of Ultron? Was that like three years ago? OK, yeah, that that works with uh, I'm looking at Jimmy Woo's quote right here. It says followed by three years of probation, two years under house arrest, three years of probation. So uh, he had two years. But I think the three years of probation are after. Yeah, yeah. So like he would have entered probation after that. But he served five years, actually, in the quantum realm. So even more of his sentence. There you go. Even though it was only, what, five hours to him? Yeah. I'm pretty sure is what he says. I think you can explain that one away, though, and say, oh, this is where the Avengers know he's been. And even if he's been out... Oh, yeah, that's why he's not here, because he's been on house arrest. Yeah, he, Maybe he's, he's probably not, not too eager to join us again, because he was just arrested. But it, just timeline-wise, this is just me doing this. If they dust after he goes on the quantum realm after like a minute, 
that means so much other stuff has happened on Earth at that time mm. that Ant-Man didn't get involved in where he's like, let me just hop in this van real quick and get some quantum energy as opposed to, oh, there's a spaceship in New York. This thing happened in Europe. Wakanda shifts. Go- you know, it. that's, I, that's me, that's that's me thinking about it too hard. Yeah, that's true. I don't <laughs> I'm not going to make excuses for the MCU timeline. It gets a little crazy from here on out. But uh, yeah, what real quick, what do we think about Lawrence Fishburne? So, I mean, this big He's actor in this movie, you know, I like his I like the implied relationship between him and Hank Pym. I like the uh, the little banters they have where it's like, yeah, well, back in Back in when we were working together, you were stupid. Oh yeah, well, you were dumb. <laughs> I don't know whatever it they does, were saying. It does kind oh, of feel. I mean, you you joke, you jest, I but jest. it does kind of feel like that almost. Yeah, yeah. but I, I kind of like it for this movie. If it were any other movie, I don't know if I give I it a pass. I kind of like but... the the world building part of yeah. his character because you, we see uh, Steve and Tony go back to OG Ant Man's lab. And uh, you get the name drop Goliath in mm. this movie. I think originally in the comics, Ant-Man could shrink, Goliath could go big. And now Ant-Man does both. Uh, you could fact check me on that. I'm not sure. But Goliath was a version that could just shrink up or not blow up, whatever. I think I remember Avengers comics, OG ones, when Ant-Man's huge, I think. I really liked when uh, Scott and... I don't know his character is Lawrence Fishburne. They were talking about Billy, right? Billy, what? Oh, sure. It's, it's a B name. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, I liked when they were talking about Bill, their experiences with the suit and how he had some trial runs growing to, you know, monstrous sizes. And then he was like, yeah, you know, 30 feet, 30 feet. Walk. They had to do a, yeah, they had to do it. <laughs> Very, it was uh, there. It was very Deadpool-esque of this movie to do that. On the nose. It's Oh, Bill Foster. It was the only movie you can really... Yeah, yeah, I was partners with Hank on a project called Goliath. So that was that was a reference to... That was his character, Goliath. Yeah. You can look him up, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and it's just kind of... Oh, 21 feet. That was, a, that was a record. 65 for Scott. Wowie! That's pretty big. <laughs> you guys are finished comparing sizes. <laughs> Uh, Great scene. Michelle Pfeiffer is in this movie. Crazy. With an expertly done de-aging sequence Dude, at the I, beginning. Oh. I I watched this with Rebecca and um we were we were watching the beginning. And I was like, Do you notice anything about about these two uh these two parents at the beginning scene? Do you notice like does anything look off to you? Do it anything? She's like, Oh, they look, they look like yeah. people. And I was like, look, look closely. What do you see? She's like, nothing. And I was looking closely, too. This de-aging is spectacular, dude. Yeah. This is awesome. I I don't think it... I mean, I mean, they did it with Guardians 2 with uh, Kurt Russell. And that was solid, too. I mean... They, I mean, they, they did it with uh, X-Men The Last Stand. Flawlessly. And that was outstanding. <laughs> outstanding. Yeah. No, but my... Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, Catwoman. I love that. <laughs> this is just wherever my brain goes. Right when Hank gets to the quantum mode, she takes off her mask. It's just Michelle Pfeiffer with so much makeup on. Oh, man, yeah. I'm like, well, they they got makeup in the quantum realm? That was my first thought, too. And I think in... Sorry, I wasn't thinking about you makeup. Know, in in uh, the context of Quantumania, maybe they have makeup Maybe there. she can, like, true to her makeup. I just thought possible. that was funny, like... Okay, they, maybe Michelle Barber's like, yeah, I'll be in your stupid well, Marvel just, movie, but I right. need to, I need to look fabulous. She just looks flawless <laughs> in this, and she's got like this rugged outfit right, on. Right. I'm like, yeah, I've been journeying for thirty cool. years. Also, in that scene, if you look behind, you do see a city off in the distance, yes, which I think is a cool setup for Quantum Mania. I remember because th- this is when I started watching uh, New Rock Stars. Ooh, shout uh, out to Eric Boss. Yes. I remember seeing that thumbnail on a couple of his videos of just the red dot in that in that exact frame that you're talking about the city in the background. Could this be Chronopolis? Could this be Kings? And man, I was I was all gung ho at this time. I mean, that was when you watched the film, and even if it wasn't the best, 
you had all this lore and all of these Easter eggs to pour through mm. and it would carry it's fun. You. Not that yeah. there isn't that now. Oh, it's like, but, I think it peaked around like WandaVision and Loki season oh. one, man, every single episode yes. I was going on YouTube and yes. watching like all this garbage, man. <laughs> it was like the same four facts about, no, no, it was like the same four facts. Just every episode, like, we're going to see Mephisto next we week. Mephisto? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Those were good days, though, man. The, good days. The winter of 2021, man. WandaVision was something else. That was that was good stuff. Um, gentlemen, is there anything else we want to say about Ant-Man and the Wasp before we get to favorite character? Good. I like the... Yeah, Cassie Element really sells this movie for me. I love that. Is Cassie your favorite character? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Are we doing favorite character right now? You have time to think about it, though, because I'm going to shift this to I'll go. Michael. No, oh. I got it. Go ahead. Not Cassie. It's Jimmy Woo. Come on. Woo. Come on. My, yeah, I got to give a youth pastor some some love as a fellow youth worker. Just got to do it. Shout out Jimmy Woo. I, I like the dynamic he brings to this movie. He's just every scene he's in. He's just fun. And uh, uh, even the little character arc you get with him in, later in the MCU where in WandaVision, he's got the trick down. He's got the magic trick down. I love love just little details like that. He's in his office little watching uh, the Carbonaro effect or whatever. Oh. That, that's uh, that's what that that guy is. I don't know. Jimmy Carbonaro or Carbonaro, the magician he, yep. he's the guy that paul rudd is watching and jimmy Wu watches in the movie but uh i like his just entry with magic and the rapport he has with scott he, he's just a fun character to yeah. me and i like the addition he is to this world yes he's an excellent addition mr het i am going to pick scott because i just love the the connections he has with every single character in this movie and how he's just like such a pal with everybody <laughs> and how like no one can get mad at him because he's just so wholesome through the whole thing. I love, I love how whenever he says peanut, my heart just melts a little bit. Mm. Oh, he's oh, a very controversial character. He says peanut. Yes. He's what? He's a very incontroversial oh, yeah. character. Yeah. He's I mean, loved it's Paul by Allen. everyone except for uh, Hank and Hope. Through some of this movie, and I feel like Paul Rudd is such a underutilized actor. I haven't seen many movies with him like recently, even though he's still active. Like, why isn't he? I would love to see Paul Rudd. Man, I mean, he's like fifty, but was he? What? What was he first big? He was twenty twenty one sexiest man alive, hundred percent, which is covered on this podcast. Actually, Um, I believe he was in uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Made him big. What was his big project? I know his first one was Halloween. Uh, I believe it Wait, was... Wait, like the first one? No, it was one of the sequels. One of the horrible... Well, Halloween Resurrection, I believe, uh, was the Halloween movie. That first thing in. I remember him in, he's in Friends. I know he's big in Perks of Being a Wallflower. That was 2012. What, oh, that wasn't that long ago. But what made him big? I'm oh, Man, I'm Night at the Museum. He was in that. Yeah, he was in Night at the Museum. I Dude, I gotta get those a watch again. Maybe that should be our movie tonight. Let's see. For those Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers from 95. Curse. It was Curse of Michael He was also Myers. in Romeo yeah. and Juliet as Paris? No way. Like the 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 Leo DiCaprio one. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that's The one cool. by Baz Luthorman. Whoa. Either way, great pick, Micah. This guy, Thank he's you. fantastic. Thank you. He is fantastic. Yeah, good job, Micah. Thank you. Good job. I will take my bow. Picking the main guy. He was in Anchorman as well. My favorite character is Logan. <laughs> nah. Different, different L character. Uh, all right, if I can't pick Logan, then uh, can I pick Wolverine? Is it too late for that? Or mm, Yeah. Sorry. I'll pick Beast. He was good in the po- oh, Wait. Spoilers. We didn't say anything. Spoilers. Go ahead. Ben. Luis. Luis is for sure my favorite character. He is for sure my favorite character. It doesn't matter. Guys, come on. Any movie that Luis is in, Michael Pena, he is fantastic. Do you have a favorite Luis bit? 100%. Or is that going to be favorite the favorite Anytime he goes. And then even at the end, when he disposes all of the goons, and the one guy realizes it is truth serum, Holy God, <laughs> as he's being truthful, my, uh, truthful, I love it. My favorite scene with him is it just get, it's so funny to me. He's sitting in the in the van with Hope, and he goes, "You know, I 
I'd kind of like a suit myself, you know, <laughs> maybe you know, a minimal power kind of suit, you know, or, or maybe it doesn't even need powers at all. Just, just a, a suit. Cool, cool looking suit. <laughs> yes. He, they assembled an all-star cast for these Ant-Man movies. Oh man. In the broader context of the MCU, do they mean as much? No. Not really. But are they good films in and of themselves? That's up for you to decide. It's also up for us to decide here. What if he was blipped and he never came back? What? He's still never confirmed. That's just. Was he confirmed to be like unblipped? Did he die before Infinity War? That's what he's asking. Have we seen him post blip? What if he never made it? Dude, I I'm worried about Luis. I'm an idiot here. Probably am. Oh, you're talking about Luis. I'm talking. I'm thinking Scott. I'm like, no, bro. He was in Luis, Endgame. Uh, yeah, Dude, he had a whole great movie. point. Great point, actually. Holy crap, <laughs> guys! Are you stir up the Infinity War theories again? We have not had Luis confirmed to be alive post blip. Pull pull that up right now. Is Luis is Luis did alive Luis blip? post blip blip Avengers? I don't know. It is unknown what happened to Luis, Dave. And Kurt after Thanos' snap at the end of Infinity. Luis's van did survive intact. Okay. That's all he's important for. And that was as of February 22, 2023. So that was before Quantumania. You're telling me that they never confirmed in that MCU timeline book that Luis ever survived? I don't know. I don't have the book. Why didn't he make a cameo in Quantumania? That's like a whole point off that movie. None of the X-Cons made it. That we know Screw of. Them, what if they died Screw in the fight against Thanos? <laughs> what if they were there for the final battle? We just they were on If they were bringing Howard the Duck, dude. All right. The I X-Cons. just think about how epic, more epic Endgame would have been if Luis just came out of a portal. <laughs> Distracted God. Thanos. In a suit, paying off this moment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have any powers though kind of like, like when, him in a suit. Uh, when hope in uh endgame calls cap cap pays mm. off from this movie you didn't get yeah. catch that in the theater i guess watching endgame no, the first time i didn't she, i probably still wouldn't have she, there, it. she says uh she calls cap cap in endgame and you're as a marvel fan you're like oh that, that yeah 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 yep. that's so good thank you i know he his, <laughs> it's unmatched he's got the the leo whistle down mm-hmm. Speaking of good stuff, favorite scene. Just done that oh. whistle so much. Favorite scene, boys. Yeah, my favorite scene. I really do like the scene where uh, uh, Scott's talking to Cassie, and Cassie's talking about herself, but Scott is talking about Hope. And there's just some kind of Ooh. miscommunication there. But Cassie's like, "No, I I want to be your partner, Dad." And I oh. just like the you know I like the genuineness in that child actress's voice and the the kind of the thing i really like most about this movie is the father daughter connection mm. that um they really set up super well and uh take into the next one that's, yeah dude i like that I scene a lot honestly didn't really think much about that scene but now that you're bringing it back up that that's a really really good scene great pick micah I'm going to pick one specifically for the visuals when they're shrinking down to quantum realm in the ship when Hank is in the ship and he's, he's shrinking down. I loved how that looked Mm. just absolutely mind blowing visuals. It's crazy. I would have loved to see that in theaters. Was this an IMAX one? Yes. Yes, this was. (laughs) Yeah. Just how did that one sound? Make him deaf. No, that was good stuff. And even in the quantum realm, yes. what they're able to with like pull the off, sea bears, that I was will cool. Say, though, when he when he goes, man, Scott, you didn't say it would be so beautiful, and then it pans <laughs> out to like a floating turd monster. And I'm like, yeah, that was. That, I don't know about that. That man. turd monster kind of reminds me of that picture you showed me of you earlier. Wow! Oh, no, look, at, it's a sea bear. Holy see, wrap. <laughs> It's a sea bear. It is a sea bear. See, they're called sea bears. No, that a tardigrade. Just that was a loving nickname. No, I didn't they, know that it was an actual. There's thing, like the but... sea bear in SpongeBob. It's not that. But it's like no way. That's a real thing. They made that's tardigrades amazing. in real life. It's like wait, platypus is a real Harry? <laughs> Micah, what? you gave your favorite scene. Yes, which is fantastic. Now I got my favorite scene. <laughs> 
Good job, Ben. We're the, we're the host. Great chance. What a great scene, man. Thank you. Good um, stuff. It's been no. a while since I've had a good favorite scene. You don't know how to bust it out enough, Micah. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Now I got no. Mine is mine is for sure the hope inhibits Scott moment in that or, whole uh, Janet. Janet. Yes. Thank you. Good mm-hmm. stuff. I'm on top of my game today, folks, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, you are. Um, he missed a week of podcasting and <sighs> just really is making his... Always goes down the pooper. Hard to... It really does. Renew his contract going into <laughs> next year. It's going to be hard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We'll see if we can get a trade. <laughs> a tra- <laughs> Holy catfish. No, yeah, the whole sequence. First pick draft. Yeah, we, we were voting on what the next marathon should be. We're, me and Mike are voting on who you think our next co-host should be. <laughs> so... But Vanessa Parker, get in there. Ouch! Holy catfish, man! Yeah, I already said my favorite scene, and I already kind of talked about it, so we don't really need to go into it too much. But we do need to go into is the scoring of this film uh, online. Our favorite list, all the bells and whistles, <laughs> the internet scores. Ant Man made five hundred eighteen million dollars. In the box office, Ant Man and the Wasp made six hundred and twenty-three million dollars on the same budget of one hundred thirty million. Mm, one hundred thirty—that's cool. that's kind of small compared to some of our other movies. Ant-sized, if you will. Oh. Um, Where'd you get that? But something that I will add is our next points with the scoring. Rotten Tomatoes critic eighty-seven percent, audience eighty. Metacritic 70, Metacritic user 7 out of 10, IMDb 7 out of 10, Letterboxd 3.1 out of 5. That puts it at a 7.3 out of 10. Ant-Man is slightly higher at a 7.4 out of 10 with our cumulative Mm. online score. So this made a lot more. Do you guys think it was because it was between two Avengers movies? And it's a, a sequel. People know who the character is, too. It is, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. I'm glad Absolutely. we're in agreement. Absolutely. This this was definitely, as Ethan was talking about earlier, this is right between these two huge things, and Marvel is at the height of their success, man. I'm going yeah. to see anything that they put out. Although, I will say I have not seen this movie until this rewatch, because I just I watched it in like the theater and the then theater, never yeah. watched it again. It's like me yeah. with the sequels. The sequel, sequel trilogy. Yeah. I love how you just say the sequels, and I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. I saw. So yeah. we were doing our our study this week for uh, for a small group at church, and we, I was reading a paragraph for everybody, and right in the middle of it, it said OT, which means Old, Old Testament. Testament. But you, but reading through it, I was like, original trilogy. What is that? original trilogy? What? <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, Hollywood Reporter. Uh, uh, so the online oh, ranking beautiful. puts it at 32nd place. Ant-Man is 30th place. So to go to our Hollywood Reporter rating, which is the um, the ultimate ranking online, as you all know, is Ant-Man and the Wasp better or worse than the previous movie mentioned, Captain America Civil War, or the, the one that re- it's referenced in this movie? Based on the Hollywood Reporter. Yes. Better or worse than Civil War? Probably better. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say that they put it better. Ant-Man is sitting at 11th place. Civil War is sitting at 14th place. Let that sink in. Ant-Man and the Wasp, 15th place. Ooh. Oof. Okay, okay. Then Age of Ultron. I so just, Then Avengers Endgame. I don't know 39. where they got this list, but... Uh, <laughs> the top... What was Ant-Man? Ant-Man is t- 11th place. How in... 11th. Guys, Ant-Man was not 11? that good. Wasn't that good. Well, yeah, I was good, but like... Oh 11th out of all... Okay. What do you guys oh, think? Man. Are you ready? I think that we need to throw this movie on our ranking. I think so, too. Yeah. Hollywood Reporter nice. has no sources as to where they get their scores from. They're garbage. We, however... Are us. Us. The three Tolkien... White guys, as um, let's go. <laughs> as they said in Black Panther, as they said in Black Panther, mm-hmm. there was yeah. three token white guys in that movie. Tolkien, 
<laughs> Tolkien. J.R.R. Tolkien. Ethan, why don't you give us your score for Ant-Man and the Wasp? Uh, just real quickly, Micah, could you recant my score for the first Ant-Man? Ethan, yours was six and a half. Ben, yours was, get this, six and a half. Mine was 6.9. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, not that nice. Uh, yeah, I I think I like this one. Or no, I know I like this one more than the first one. I enjoy the, the quickness of it, the way that we can jump right into the characters and the adventure and just the fun. Like, we don't need no uh, family introduction with Scott. We know he, he's gone through a divorce. We know that he has split custody. We can just jump right into that story. We don't need the power origin. We can jump right into that. Uh, things are just shrinking and going crazy. I love all that. The the lore setup for Endgame and just the future of the MCU, I think, is really uh, done well. I wrote some other things down. I like the characters. Uh, the plot, I thought, was good enough. And then I like the... What, what did I write here? I don't know. I don't know what I wrote there. But, I, I yeah, I enjoyed this movie more than the first one. Seems to be a recurring theme. <laughs> Better than the first. Sorry, I that's just, what I'm getting at. Better than All the right. first. Yes. Even uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ten out of ten. ten. Moving on. Ten out of ten. <laughs> let's let's go. But as um, again. our comments said on Instagram, I know nothing about movies. You're true. dead right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna give this. Uh, I like a seven out of ten. I go seven s- out of ten. And maybe you know what? Go seven. Go seven. I like seven out of ten. Never watch movies again. Right. Ever. Please, you do not deserve Marvel movies. <laughs> so read our comments on, uh, on Instagram. They're very funny. Micah? Ant-Man and the Wasp is definitely an upgrade from the original Ant-Man installment. Uh, there are uh, things that they do well. There are things they do, don't do super spectacularly, but they, they meet the qualifications of a, a movie that I enjoy, and I will definitely not say no to watching again. What I... Have this as my first pick. Like, oh, guys, watch Ant Man and the Wasp. Watch Ant Man and the Wasp. You know, let's let's put on Ant Man and the Wasp. Let's, let's do that. Do let's do it. Should we order fries? Yeah, we should order fries. We should order fries. Uh, I, I, you know, like it's all right. It's pretty good. So better than, better than the first. Yeah, better, theme. Better than the first. Better than the first. So seven point three. Seven point three. Seven point three. Yeah, it, it, it's like pretty fun, you know. And when I when I like. Put it on forever? No. See but. that that right there is and, and I'm gonna forget the plot of it by I next just, week. That's what this movie is. It's a very forgettable at the end of the day, it's a very forgettable watch in the MCU. Was it fun? Yeah. But am like, I thinking about it? Am I gonna watch the Marvels? I mean, am I gonna watch Amy and the Wasp again? No. I, that and that's due to a lack of a consistent villain throughout the movie very unclear motivations uh i'm sorry a weak plot i think the plot of the first is much stronger than this one and that's something i will give for the first movie now i will say that the humor is better in this movie and i think the characters are uh they're given more of a chance to shine seeing as this isn't an origin story i think there are pros and cons to both but honestly where i fall with both of these movies is they're really on the same caliber at a 6.5 i'm giving ant-man and the wasp Ooh. which was i think my same score for the first yeah. ant-man very uh, right in that mr ben that it's just these ant-man movies however pure they are in their own right don't do most of the things that i need in a film they are very much their own but they're good at doing what they do and not much else. And that's a 6.5. 6.5. All right. So, Ben, with your 6.5, Ethan, with your 7, and me with my 7.3, <laughs> that gives us an average of 6.93 out of 10. Lining it up with the original, the OG. X-Men 2000. Mm. Whoa. Same score? Same score. I've got my answer. I gave X-Men 2000 a 7.3. Ben, you gave it a 6.5. Ethan, you gave it a 7.1. So it was 0.1 higher on that Yeah, I think we bumped it up from something else. (laughs) Oh, from Blade. (laughs) So are you asking which? I think this was our original tie. 
I think Blade, Blade and, and X-Men, X-Men were the first tie we had in oh. the podcast. So you're saying right now we have X-Men and Ant-Man and the Wasp tied. Tied up, yep. I, I know where, which one I'd bump up. Which one? I'd bump X-Men up. you bump X-Men you up? You can take my score down to a six if you need. Or you can just do a yeah, we're point, not doing that. point one. <laughs> we're not bumping yours down to a point five less. We're going to do a, a 7.1 <laughs> for... Wait, no, a 7.2 for X-Men for mm, Ethan. Okay, man. How's that sound? Rise it up. Back on the street. Wow. Ethan, Took I can't believe you're changing your original score yeah, from I like know. two I, years ago. I found... Was that two years ago? Something when did like we that. dock that? So we started in February with Howard the Duck, 2022. And we're almost in February of 2024. So almost two years. Epic. Epic games, guys. Wow. Epic games. And we're going to be done by the end of 2023, just in time. For the hiatus that Marvel will take on for next year. Mm. Nothing coming out. Absolutely nothing. Not even De- De- Deadpool 3. Not even... Not even Echo. Not even What If Season 2 at the end of the year. Sounds like a lot of people are going to be re-watching Marvel movies and are going to need podcasts to go back and listen to. Check it out, guys. Especially because it Retrospective sounds like kind of stuff. Deadpool 3 is tying in a lot of the older OG Marvel films. Interesting. Like, if we can get some retrospectives on... Uh, Anyway, and 29th place. <laughs> 29. 29th wow. place. Kicking the Wolverine out of the top 30. Ooh. Kicking Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance out of the top 50. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is 51st place now. The Wolverine is 31. 31, yes. Wolverine. How did we mess that up? The Wolverine is buns, Ben. The Wolverine is not as buns as Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, yes, I'll it is. Yes, it is. Let me tell you, Absolutely. you gave it a seven. Which one? Wolverine? The Wolverine. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp is definitely worse. No, than definitely Wolverine. better. You're dead yeah. wrong. But here, look at this. What does our ranking say, Ben? Which so, one's better? Ant-Man and the Wasp is sitting at a 6.93. Blade is sitting at a 6.9. The Wolverine is sitting at a 6.86. Everything is so close, Ben. That's everything is just, so close. I mean, that's true in go, the grand scheme of things. The Wolverine. This is yeah. only two places ahead, but I don't know, man. I mean, I I'll guess do a other, tier I list based the on scores the scores do reflect that, though. The scores do reflect that. Yes, yes, sir. And this is the ultimate this Marvel ranking. So I can't. List. You can't argue with I can't perfection, argue with Ben. This is perfection. You're, you, have you, to, you have to just say, all right, is this like the general area where you want this to be? Good point. Michael, what's and it top is five? close to us, your seven. Our top five remains Infinity War. Number one. Check that podcast out. Great Captain podcast. America, the Winter Soldier. Check that one out, too. Number two. Logan. Number three. Captain America, Civil War. Number four. The Avengers, number five. I feel like Civil War is our hottest take up there. In um, well, uh, is, well for first, sure. first I will say this: What is next week, Micah? I think it is a Venom. If we're talking Venom. about Ant-Man, we're, we're, we're talking about forgettable films. Venom is the definition of forgettable, which right is here. why I want Micah to say our bottom five films hold on i I do (laughs) i do remember one thing from venom and that is a very sweaty protagonist oh Oh, holy cow (laughs) maybe that should be our shirtless (laughs) podcast boys 51st place we'll crank the heat up in here ghost riders spirit of peak (laughs) shout out to uh uh, count them one point out of ten uh shout out to uh counter o'brien he told me Yesterday that he listened to our Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance podcast this past week and he enjoyed it. So that's good. I think that him. was one of our uh, um, that was our fastest one, right? Forty five minutes podcast on the marathon. Oof. I think. Yeah, we yeah. went through that thing. We did. Just like the credits in the Marvels, they're booking it. Pay attention to the credits, Ben. <laughs> I will. Like the text I'm, is flying. I'm gonna try and watch it, but it still feels long. Yeah. Like the credits, insane. 50th place, Fan Four Stick from 2015 at a 1.83. Fan 49th place, jumping all the way up to a high 2.6. <laughs> Is that Electra? Where's Electra? Electra, 49th place. There you go. 48th place is Peak Fiction, Howard the Duck. <laughs> Michael, hold on. What did you give Howard the Duck? 6.5. I and still it enjoyed is- it. I think I enjoyed it like how I enjoyed Ghost Rider. 
Uh, I can I can see that. No, I see that. I enjoyed that movie. I see how you see that. Yes. I see. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. see how I how see you, how the movie is God. supposed to be and it does what it needs to, it does what it wants to do. Yes. <laughs> Whatever take I see. The direct quote the movie. You really <laughs> should not good, but go if check out that if podcast. that's what it was going for. If that's what it was going for, then go for it. Executed per quote for Mike Ad. Come on. And uh fifth from the bottom is um a disgrace to what I have just witnessed this past week. I watched season one of Daredevil this week. Fifth place? Fifth from the bottom is Whoa. Ben Affleck, Daredevil. Mm, right where it is. At a 4.43. I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I began watching this with Rebecca, and she visually looked ill, like <laughs> watching ben Affleck's Daredevil. the seesaw scene. I just, I just love that you were at a point yeah. where... Uh, you and Rebecca wanted to watch a movie, and you, having already seen Ben Affleck, she was Daredevil. like, oh, "Jennifer Garner's in this. I want to watch this." We put it on. Day. We started go. watching it. The beginning was like kind of solid, like the origin. No, there, there were like, okay, yeah, this this could be. It's kind of solid this, in the no, 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 same no, no. way that Don't I touch my kind of solid dumps sometimes. It's like. Guys, yeah, this kid this is in our bottom five. Yeah. This is fifty-one movies. I'm trying to. I can't even say that gold movie flex out of a, out of a steaming hot pile of turds. That's what it is. That's what it is. Turd devil. And speaking of turds, we next will be talking is, wait, wait, about next Venom is, next week. We're talking about Ben next week. We will be talk- oh, come on. <laughs> talk about Venom. <laughs> a turd in the wind. Come on. Listen, I know there are fans of Venom out there, but you think you know, that's a contender for bottom oh, five? Guys, one thing I do want to add is um, maybe out of all of our 51 movies that we've watched, only have to count 11 have considered rotten scores from us. Sub so, six out sub of 10. Six. Sub six movies? Out, only 11 out of the 51, which means that the... Marvel Cinematic, uh, like all the Marvel movies combined, is still over. It's still a fresh score. So it has been worth it watching this. It's been worth watching. It's been worth watching all these these movies. movies Because we've given it. You know what? We needed that. We needed that this far into this. Especially going into Venom. Oh, peak. Yes. So look forward to Venom, folks. That's the next movie on our Marvel movie marathon. Mm. Uh, stay tuned for that. Check out the Loki discussion and the Marvels discussion. I was listening to that on the way here. It's fantastic, done by these two gentlemen. That's and right. uh, look forward to more podcasts in the future. Yeah. Marvel Movie Marathon. Let us coming. know what you want to watch. Ne- what do you want us to watch next? Uh, Marvel's coming to a close pretty soon here. Yes, it is. Uh, we will be finishing with Far From Home, right? I believe yes hoping by hoping by the end of the year uh we got a lot of holiday stuff coming up here christmas Mm -hmm. thanksgiving i don't know hanukkah whatever else we got to celebrate new year's we also have our very epic end of year podcast where we go over the best of the films the best of the tv shows the best of all of these there's going to be a lot of new categories this year because we've done this couple times in the past and this year we have letterboxd and this year we have letterboxd so it might slip into 2024 a little bit but not to worry we don't have any marvel projects that we're falling behind on because they're not going to be making any more for a while that's 100 percent, which is why we are taking a break so stay tuned valentine's day get ready no i'm ready that's That's, our next movie that's gonna get pushed there's aquaman 2 coming out that's a good point keep an eye on the pod for that but anyways, folks, this has been Rayside. This is Ethan Wasloff. This is Micah Hett and the Wasp. Signing off, we all hope you have an absolutely fantastic day.